0: Hi, I'm Erin.
1: And I'm Ashley.
0: A few years ago, we set off on a journey to start doing hard things that enrich our marriage, relationship with God, family, and our health.
1: Along the way, we've met a lot of other people who are living intentional, countercultural lives and getting out of their comfort zones.
0: And in each episode of the Uncommon People podcast, we'll discuss parts of our own journey or share inspiring stories from the journeys of others.
1: Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome back to the Uncommon People Podcast. I'm Ashley and I'm Aaron. Thanks for joining us today. Um, It's been exciting to get back into the podcasting game and putting some new content out there. Uh, Today we have got an episode for you that'll hopefully be helpful, applicable to your life as you kind of assess how 2020 has gone and as we jump into the Ever unpredictable twenty twenty one. That's true. Um, so just before we get started, just want to remind you to follow us on our social media on Instagram, Uncommon People Podcast, and then on YouTube, um, the Uncommon People, Uncommon People. I mean, I think you can just search that mm. and click, or you can click the links in the Instagram. Uh, there's always a YouTube video linked there. And um, you can subscribe there and here on the podcast. Give us a rating and review. Interact with us. We love to hear from y'all. It's always fun to kind of hear what other people are doing um, along the same lines of the things that we're talking about. And Aaron's got some running content going on, too. So um, if you want to check that out, should I be plugging you right now? I'm plugging you. (laughs) Um, Tempo Talks Aaron on Instagram, and you can search the same thing on YouTube, and he'll be chronicling his journey to Boston qualifier time. And uh, so it's been an interesting running year, of course, with COVID at play. But uh, enough of the housekeeping, we can kind of jump into troubleshooting failure tonight is what we're going to talk about. Because we have a lot of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I hate to harp on the 2020 thing, you know, much more, but I feel like this will be relatable for a lot of people just because, you know, 2020 was a challenging year. And so I feel like even though we tried to be encouraging in our last episode saying that you probably didn't fail as hard as you thought, some of us are still probably walking away thinking there was a little bit of failure that we want to, you know, try to do better with next time. Yeah. You want to give us a disclaimer for this conversation before we get started?
0: I think the main thing to note is just that, um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times when we share tips and things like that, they don't necessarily apply. They're not like the end all be all. So they the, don't apply to everything, right? Like your one goal may not check every single box of the things that we say we, sh- you know, you should uh, kind of focus on when you're setting goals. Um, so that's just, you know, kind of general there. Yeah.
1: So just because it doesn't meet every one of these, the things that we're going to talk about doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to go for it. Right. Right. Want to tell us the first one?
0: I think, uh, obviously the, the main thing about setting goals in just in general is that, it's sh- your goals that you set should be reachable. Yeah, like that sounds kind of cliche, but um, I think a lot of times I fail because I set goals that are not really attainable, whether it's because of the season of life that we're in or my skill set or my knowledge base. I mean, there's there could be plenty of reasons and um, it's easy to get caught up in what you think, your goals should be and make them really lofty when in fact they're not necessarily, they don't have to be that way. One of the good elements of setting a goal is setting something that you could actually reach, even if you have to work really hard to get to it. And it's, you know, something that's going to be way out of your comfort zone. Still, if it's within your realm of possibility to achieve it, then that means that it should be a good, good one. But if it's totally outside of your realm of possibility than you, you know,
1: (laughs) I was trying to think of something. I was like, I mean, become a juggler tomorrow. Come on. (laughs) If you're
0: five foot two and you want to be a center in the NBA, like that's probably not going to happen because no one's going to hire a five foot two center. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, so set goals, you know, you have to be able to set reachable goals.
1: Right. So some of that too has to do with the stage of life that you're in. And you kind of mentioned that just a second ago, but, um, if you're in a stage of life where you have little children, you know, you have to be really considerate of how much time do you have mm-hmm. a- and like, you know, Aaron's, Aaron works full time, ha- has little children, likes to run. Okay. So outside of those big parts of it, and then our involvement in church outside of those kind of things, you know, I'm just using his, as an example, him as an example, he has to really consider. Based on our life stage, what do you really have capacity for to set goals to accomplish? Mm -hmm. You know, just whether it's a matter of how much time you have, um, because when we were young adults, man, we thought we didn't have time to do stuff sometimes. Yeah. Boy, were we wrong. (laughs) We were so wrong. I always joke with the young adults in our uh, group at church. I'm like, you know, they'll be, you know, kind of whining or something about working or something like that. And I'll be like, well, you know, it'll change that. Have a kid yeah. <laughs> it's like changes everything, but your life stage, like really, you should consider that when you're trying to decide whether a goal is reachable right or not. How much sleep are you getting at night? yeah, you know, just little basic things like that,
0: yeah, it's I mean, it's such a major factor into whether or not you can accomplish something um yeah, that's a perfect, perfect one,
1: yes. So, uh, do you want to talk about maybe the first race that you said we were considering goals yeah. that we set that maybe, maybe weren't reachable, but
0: yeah, we were trying to decide like goals that were kind of out of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say not possible, but just out of our league. We overestimated so. our ability. Yeah. So <laughs> when I started running like in 2015, the first, the first race I ever signed up for, like actually paid money to sign up for was a full marathon in 2016. Uh, And I had never done even a 5K race. And I didn't have a coach or anything. So that was, you know, I was going off of my own, just going out the door and running and trying to run what I thought I should run to run a marathon. And it went horribly. So I, I... Did you drop? I mean, I ended up running the half marathon at the same race and finished it. But, I mean, it was just. But there was no way you could have done a full at that point. Yeah, there was no way I could have done a full. And I didn't change my mind until, like, I went to pick up the packet at the. It was a huge, a big race in San Antonio. So, like, it was one of those ones where you go pick up the packets at a big expo. And I just changed there on the fly. So even my first race bib actually is a marathon bib, but I ran the half marathon. Mm. Yeah. So there was a lot of humbling aspects of that too, because mm-hmm. I didn't accomplish what I thought I wanted to. And also like when it came to the point where the race was splitting and the marathoners were supposed to go straight and the half marathoners were turning, people were telling me like, Oh, you're supposed to go straight. Cause they saw my bib. And mm-hmm. when in fact no. I was like, no, I switched. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Um, but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It it made your goal within reach, right? It wasn't
0: an achievable goal. I mean, I guess, in theory, it was possible to go that far in in a day, but it was just really not.
1: I mean, considering how your first full marathon went, I don't know if it would have been possible because your first full marathon, you did have an injury, and it was rough. But, anyway, the second tip we'll move on to is – Proper planning. Failure to plan is planning to fail. Isn't that a quote? Albert Einstein and Abraham Lincoln said on the internet one time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, but to to achieve a goal, I think the most effective way to achieve a goal, especially if it's something that you know will take time, is to make steps toward it incrementally. And planning, like you know, you can't, especially something that involves numbers mm-hmm. to me. Like, I don't really want to talk about weight loss necessarily because that's really not on our list of things that's a priority, but, you know, or running. It's like you can't plan on some, something that's quantifiable, something that's measurable. You can't be like, well, I'm going to, just like you said, go from barely running to running a full marathon. Mm-hmm in, you know, no time flat or I have 60 pounds to lose. I'm going to and you don't make meet these little incremental goals leading up to the fact. You're just setting yourself up to fail if you don't have mini goals. And how much better does it feel when we achieve and reach a mini goal along the way, even if we know I haven't met the main goal that I really want yet, but you get a little sense of gratification knowing well I did accomplish you know, the small portion of it that's leading me toward what the end goal is. And maybe like when you're setting goals for those of you that may be considering what you may want to do for like this upcoming year, don't set all goals that will take you the entire year to reach. Right. You know, that would be disheartening. Yeah.
0: It's, it's almost unrealistic to, especially if you're someone that struggles with actually following through or accomplishing goals that you set for yourself if you set like four goals and they're not broken up quarterly or something like that, if they're all kind of at the same time, then I mean, you're, you're really stacking the odds against you in that way, unless you're the kind of person that works well under pressure like that. But if so, you probably wouldn't be listening to this episode, trying to figure out hacks or ways to, (laughs) to make better goals. I don't know. I feel
1: like that's my personality type sometimes. And I really still like this kind of stuff. So (laughs) who knows?
0: And it Mm -hmm. also like planning properly has to do as well with timing because, you know, like you could set all these different steps. Like let's say you have a goal that has incremental steps that should take, you know, six months. And if you don't have the lead time, from when you want to accomplish the goal to actually fit in what needs to be done, then that's obviously not proper planning, you know? So if you're, you know, I mean, if you want to grow vegetables in the spring, (laughs) you have to plant the seeds and whatever time you plant the (laughs) seeds. We know nothing about that. (laughs) Walked into an analogy that I didn't know (laughs) how to get out of. What world am I in? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but I mean, yeah, Even if so we don't
1: know the answer to that, we do know there's a perfect timing for that time kind of to stuff. <laughs> There's and a time to plant. There's a time to s- <laughs> <laughs> time to sow so, and a time to reap. <laughs> so
0: you gotta. I mean, you have to. You have to have timing uh, as an aspect of that when you're planning like that.
1: Yes, definitely. Yep. Tell us about the next one.
0: Um, I think one thing to me that is important, and it doesn't have to be important in every single goal. Because sometimes you need to set goals that are hard or that are difficult, things that you need to accomplish that you may not be completely excited about doing. But I think that one way that you can help uh, not fail is to set some set a goal that you're excited about. So if you're the kind of person that is consistently like putting up, I want to read. 50 books a year or whatever, and you're not a reader.
1: That does take like getting into, right? I feel like you can't set a crazy goal and then.
0: And if you don't get excited about it, like if you don't find something. If it's hard to you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Or if you don't, you know, if you're just not the the kind of person that can, can focus on words on a page for hours, you know, that it takes to read books, then you're not going to get excited about it. Um, and you're not going to, you know, probably not going to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. However, on the same kind of thing, like, let's say you, you know, you line up a bunch of books that are interesting to you and you say, I want to read 10 a year. And you read that first one and you read it in a good amount of time where you feel like, Oh, I'm on pace. Or you have some kind of tracking that lets you know how you're doing, you know, that's quantifiable. Then that kind of stuff motivates me. So like I can see, you know, how far along I am at any particular goal and that helps. So uh, setting goals that, that excite you, that, you know, that the end result is going to be something that you find joy in is a great way to overcome that lull of, of not achieving your goals.
1: Yeah. I set a goal for this year that looking back on I wasn't just in the short term I'm excited about it but in the long term my excitement for it doesn't hold and it's not a high enough priority for me to make it happen so one of my goals was to repaint the interior of our house and redo some redecorating instead I did repaint the whole downstairs and when I was Six months pregnant because <laughs> uh, Aaron was out of town with uh, both of the kids, I think, maybe both of the kids. So it was my golden opportunity. But um, I just didn't, ha- I don't love decorating. I don't have a really defined style at all. Um, I mean, I'll see stuff that I like, and it's like five different kinds of, you know, decorating styles put together, which doesn't work inside a house necessarily. And so instead, I mostly just minimized so much that I only have things up that I like, which is fine, or that serve a function. And so to me, it was just like, I like the idea of redecorating, but I'm really not excited about that. And honestly, it stresses me out a little more than, like, I don't, I think the immediate friction of it, the pain Mm -hmm. of it is not worth um, actually doing it. This, that's different for you know everybody some, yeah. some people are really into that and I'm just it ain't worth it it yeah. ain't worth the mental trying to figure it out
0: mm-hmm. yeah and uh, I think too a, a lot of times like we set daunting goals uh, ta- ta- you know tasks that are just a little bit outrageous or um, you know overwhelming too and that can that can kind of set you back and eliminate some of the excitement aspect of goals as well. Yeah. Maybe
1: I would have done better to say, I'm going to redecorate our bedroom, which actually we did this year. We did redo our bedroom. Mm-hmm. wasn't really redecorating. It was new furniture. Instead of being like, I want to paint the whole house and redecorate my entire life. Like maybe that was part of why it's like, I don't know. One right. Day. Who knows? Yeah.
0: Instead of saying, like, I want to redecorate the kitchen. Yeah. It's like, Oh, let's do the whole house. <laughs> But then you start thinking about how much money that's going to take.
1: Yeah, that is a big deterrent for and me. And
0: all of the other things that, that go on. And I mean, that's the case for a lot of people. I think kind of going back to the book thing, you know, I feel like that's a, a big one, you know, or, or people that want to do weight loss. Mm-hmm. But to get to the end result it's just it's either a huge amount of work or a huge amount of time or money mm-hmm. and that's a big factor that people don't really want to overcome or don't want to uh, don't want to try so yeah but at the end go ahead marginal ahead. goals like you know that are that aren't so overwhelming you mm-hmm. know then you can eventually maybe reach those overwhelming goals uh but if you do it step by step just going back to the incremental steps aspect you know um Then that's a little more feasible.
1: Yeah, and I mean, with the qualifier that hard is not always bad, right? You know, too. It is most of the time it's not. Yeah, none of us want to hear about hear that, but it's true. (laughs) It's true. So another way that you can see some more success is to set goals that suit your personality, and of course, we don't want to use that as an excuse not to try new things, necessarily. Um, but like I set a goal this past year to do like some mom getaways. Um, I think my, really my goal was to do one a quarter, which obviously with COVID didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have one scheduled in a couple weeks, but I think, so I'm not necessarily an introvert, but cause I do like to be around other people, but I really do enjoy being by myself. So for me to have, like, it would be outside of my personality for me to schedule quarterly in a a getaway with my girlfriends. Like, that would be, sorry, friends. It's not that I don't want to get together with you. I like to see my friends in the environments that I normally see them in. Like, it just seems like, don't do stuff outside of your personality that would just cause stress instead of fun, you know? (laughs) Once a year, I'd be down for that. Maybe not quarterly, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of a time where I scheduled or set a goal that was outside of my personality.
1: We really tried to think about s- something yeah. both of us did um, that was outside of our personality, and I I think the reason why this happens sometimes that people will set goals that are out of their personality is because we see either we see someone else that we admire and we want to be like them, so we try to set goals that mm. they have. Or we have this ideal in our mind that if all things were exactly as I would have them be, that this is the person I would be. And if I was that person, these would be my goals. And it's like, but we're not that person yet. Or we'll never be that person. Or that's really someone else that we just admire and look up to. Um, So, you know, don't use it as an excuse like, oh... Like our pastor, my dad always jokes like in worship and stuff being like, oh, well, I'm a quiet person, so I can't respond at all. You know, don't use it as an excuse to uh, be lackluster in your goal setting and not push yourself at all. But right. at the same time.
0: Or like, I'm, I am I want to be perceived as an academic, so I'm going to buy all these books that I never read. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, <laughs> silly stuff like that. too.
1: Yeah, I do like to own a lot of books. Although I have culled down a lot, a lot. I basically, okay, we don't have to talk about that because that's a whole other conversation. That's a rabbit hole.
0: But I can see at least three books on our bookshelf that we have duplicates of.
1: Some of them were accidents. (laughs) (laughs) The Hobbit was an accident. (laughs) I thought you were going to say I can see at least three books on our shelves that I haven't read. Oh, yeah. Um, There's more than that. for sure. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Yeah, so it's good to set goals that suit your personality and that helps you to be excited about it and, and to be excited about the planning and all of that as well. Uh, one thing that helps me when I'm setting goals is finding accountability. So that could be like, like I have, you know, I my one of my goals over the last year has been to get better at the piano. And so accountability could be that I schedule myself on the piano on Sundays and a lot of times on Sunday mornings, I'm the only piano player. In fact, most Sunday mornings I am Mm -hmm. just because of coverage aspect of it on our team, uh, at the church. But also I have a piano teacher now that I've been with, I don't know, a month or two, two, two or three months. And, uh, that helps because he gives me specific, instruction on what to do each week and what to bring to the, you know, to the, um, next lesson, uh, as far as what I've worked on. And if my goal is to accomplish whatever we talked about in the lesson and I don't do the accountability portion of it, the, the practice, the, you know, the note taking things like that, then, you know, then I have that kind of against me there. So finding accountability helps.
1: It's cool, too, if you can manage your accountability so that you have more skin in the game, so to speak. Like Mm -hmm. with um, lessons, you're paying for that. So, you know, you have extra accountability. Not only do you want... I don't think most of us get a teacher or a coach or a mentor that we're like, I can't wait to fail this person. You know, (laughs) like we want to succeed. We want them to feel like they're making an appropriate investment in us and that we're giving Mm. some payout on their investment. But so it's kind of, that's kind of an interesting way to think about it too. But also on the like other side of the same coin, don't make goals that hinge on other people too much. Like at the end of the day, Aaron's piano teacher is gonna sleep fine if Aaron you know is gets yeah, on the ne- paid, so yeah right gets on the next call and is like, I don't want to play the piano anymore you know it's not that's not a big deal. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like in your parenting if you're like, I don't want my three-year-old to throw any more tantrums. It's like, okay, well, (laughs) you're talking about what you want a three-year-old to do instead of maybe you have to take their response back on yourself. Like, I'm going to respond peaceably when my three-year-old throws a tantrum. Mm -hmm. Or however, you know, whatever you feel like would be the appropriate goal for you in the situation. Make the goal about yourself, Mm -hmm. not about what the other people, other person is going to do because you can pull as much as we really hate The fact we can't control other people, especially the small humans. And, well, the big ones too, but the small ones are even harder probably. I don't know. (laughs) could go either way. But not making – it's helpful to not make goals that – you know, I mean, that's setting yourself up for failure, setting right. yourself up for disappointment to put expectations on other people. So like, especially if we're talking big stuff, Aaron, I even mentioned to Aaron earlier when we were talking about this, like even in marriage, like if you're going to make goals with your, about your spouse, surrounding your spouse, they need to be a part of that. Because mm-hmm. if not, you are setting yourself up for frustration and failed expectations and, and just angst. You're asking yeah. for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: so the uh one more and then aaron will share a final one to close us out but is visualizing the end result so with a lot of goals um that we set it it's helpful to know what this may look like at the end so you could even imagine a goal right now that you're considering setting maybe for next year um and what would it look like if you accomplished that goal? For some of us, that is motivation enough. Like mm-hmm. Aaron is running for that medal, you know, or whatever. Everybody has their own thing. I'm trying to think about if I meet my main well, like, goal, what does it look like? <laughs> there's people
0: that, you know, like Dave Ramsey is a big proponent of when you're trying to get out of debt, putting your like photos of a house or something or. Whatever your thing is that you want a car, mm-hmm. you know, up so that way you're like somewhere where you see it every day, so that you're like a
1: debt-free vacation right, jar, you know, so that
0: so that you're you're visualizing it, you're seeing it every day, and yeah, I mean, like even as it pertains to running, you know, like when I did my last big race. And I was having a lot of it. I was honestly, I just having a lot of anxiety about it. My coach got on the phone with me and told me like, you know, just visualize the, the time that you want to run while you're running, you know, visualize the clock saying that when you cross the finish line. And it sounds silly and foo-foo to some people probably <laughs> to like visualize things. But I do think that there's an element of if, if you can visualize it, you can at least imagine it, you're imagining it and it becomes a little bit more of a reality. If you can't visualize what your what your goal is, like what the end result of your goal is, even if it's just a feeling of accomplishment. If you can't like visualize what that is or or kind of imagine what that's going to be like, then it's going to be really hard to see if you're getting closer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're I mean, if your goal is to lose weight, if you're not seeing the scale move at all, then you're never gonna, you know, you're never gonna really have a, I guess, faith that it's actually gonna happen. Yeah,
1: you know? it's so, kind of a defeatist attitude. If you can't even imagine it, what well, makes you think you're gonna have the motivation it's like to make it's it over happen before it starts? Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and and I mean, it's just it's just an element of goal setting that seems elementary, but is really something to keep your eye kind of on the prize, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think most of these ideas are relatively elementary, but we get caught up in the failure of it and don't remember that Mm -hmm. these, you know, that this is the way to fix the situation. These little things are the way to fix the overall situation.
0: Yeah. I think to, um, you know, just kind of put a bow on it is that you can't be afraid to fail when you're setting goals. And, you know, we're kind of talking about all the ways that we troubleshoot failure. And if we failed, how do we kind of get back up from that? But at the end of the day, you're going to fail at some time. you know, at some things. Failure is inevitable. Yeah, I've failed at plenty of things. I mean, whether it's failing a test or failing, you know, whatever, some kind of physical thing or, um you know, a a book reading goal, something like that. Um, You're going to have times where it doesn't work out. And maybe it's because of the fact that there are, you know, some of these steps that were missed or that were kind of ignored. Maybe you didn't have the excitement that you needed. And so you weren't motivated enough to plan appropriately and you fail, you know, even if you quit and, and stop trying and it's, you don't maybe see it as a failure, there's still times, but if, if it's a goal that you really want to accomplish, that you're excited about that, you know, suits you and that's really attainable. If you walk into it with a sense of fear, um, then that automatically puts a damper on, on how you approach your planning and all of that as well. Um, that just it opens up opportunity for anxiety and, and stress about it. But if you kind of take away that perspective of, of the fear of failure and what will happen, if you can just think about all the worst possible things that could happen and then realize that they're not actually, are you dead? Like, or yeah, not that but bad, did you die? Then, uh, then, you know, then that helps you to kind of ease the, ease the angst on that. So uh, don't be afraid to, Don't be afraid to fail and don't let that be the reason that you don't even start.
1: Yeah. I think you, there's some quote that has, that's kind of along the lines of like playing basketball. Like you miss all of the shots you don't take Mm -hmm. type thing. Um, and I can even think about relate this to our our kids. Joy, our daughter is a lot like Aaron and Jack is a lot like me. He's like really, um, kind of rigid and, uh, perfect, and so he won't really like to try something if he knows it's going to be what he perceives as too hard for him or as an opportunity for failure but like you try something with joy and like color flashcards or something like that you show her a card she's just gonna say a color she doesn't know what it is Mm -hmm. she's not sure yet and she's not afraid to guess on the other hand jack would be like i don't know i don't know i don't know and she's just gonna throw it out there and guess and hope for the best. Mm. And a lot of times there's something to be said about being willing to just do your best and try and hope that it's going to be right. And, you know, sometimes you get three out of 12 colors, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which works out compared to saying, I don't know every time or I'm not willing to try, or it's a risk I don't want to take, or I'm afraid, or it's too hard, Mm. whatever excuse, um, you know, is easy for us to make. And, as someone that really prefers to do things well and as perfect as possible, um, I can relate to that. Not wanting to fail. It's easier. It's it's not very fun to fail. But we learn a lot more doing it.
0: Yeah. With us and we have more exciting things coming. I'm going to be talking soon to my friend Ken, who you may have seen us post about. Um, we posted a YouTube video. Uh, he just ran 223 miles from austin texas to corpus christi uh to raise money for um child safe an organization in san antonio so i'm going to be talking to him soon and that's going to be an episode that's coming up that you'll want to stick around for but there's a lot of other stuff coming as well so uh, be sure as it was mentioned at the beginning to follow us on youtube and instagram and all the other places and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you in the next one thanks so much for joining bye